0: Hello and welcome to the Mentally Fit Podcast. This is Dan Pierce, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Our guest today is bestselling author Hal Elrod. He is the author of the book, The Miracle Morning. You may have heard of it. It has reached over 2 million people in 70 countries. And Hal says that he's on a mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity one person at a time through his books. So we'll be talking to Hal about The Miracle Morning and about his new book, The Miracle Equation, which he says adds on to The Miracle Morning and picks up where that book left off. So if you're looking for a practice or a set of practices that can drastically change your life, something that you can start doing today to completely revamp your life and go from wherever you're at right now to exactly where you want to be. This is the podcast episode for you. You're going to love this. And Hal has some really amazing tips for you that are so easy, but so, so powerful. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Hal and to talk about the Miracle Morning and the Miracle Equation books with you. So without further ado, let's jump right in.
1: My name is Hal Elrod, obviously. I am an author and a speaker professionally. Um, it's my main, my main two gigs, uh, writing books and, uh, and then speaking uh, at events and then personally, and more importantly, uh, I'm a dad of two kids. Uh, my daughter is 10, son is seven and uh, my wife, I won't tell you her age, but, uh, <laughs> married as well. And, um, yeah, for me, my work, you know, I look at everything that I do, even, even as a parent and, and as a husband, um, my work is to help other people to fulfill their potential. And, you know, for me personally, I, as a kid, I was kind of a a screw up. I didn't really, I wasn't an achiever growing up. And then when I was 19, I got hired in a sales position and my manager, my mentor, if you will, um, he really poured into me. And if it wasn't for him, I don't know who I'd be or where I'd be today, but, but he enabled me to fulfill my potential by believing in me and teaching me, giving me the tools and so on and so forth. And ever since then it's kind of been this, you know, pay it back, pay it forward, if you will, um, sort of mentality where it's like, I'm going to dedicate my life to fulfilling my potential and then simultaneously trying to help everyone else fulfill their potential. And, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, like potential is a very loaded word. But again, whether it's professionally through a book or a speech or, you know, reading my kids stories at night, right? I'm always kind of driving with that purpose underlying everything.
0: Nice. And I actually read that you um, also were involved. You got hit by a drunk driver. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I've had a couple life and death kind of experiences. Um, when I was 20 years old, I was driving home from a, a meeting. Uh, at at a, I'd given a speech at a conference. And after the conference, driving home, my Ford Mustang, a large Chevy full-size truck, I was hit head on by a drunk driver head on by a drunk driver at roughly 70 to 80 miles per hour, spun off the drunk driver of the car behind me, crashed into my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour, wow. and I was found dead at the scene. Uh, I bled to death. I lost over half of my blood, roughly, they say, um, and I was clinically dead for approximately six minutes on the side of the freeway. Uh, I was rushed via helicopter, revived, rushed to the hospital, spent six days in a coma, underwent, I think, eight or nine surgeries repairing 11 broken bones, suffered permanent brain damage, came out of the coma six days later, and they said I would never walk again. And, um, you know, just uh, it's, it's a long story, but uh, I was really committed. In fact, I'm sure we'll talk about the miracle equation at some point today. I kind of applied this, this mindset, if you will, to walking again. Mm-hmm. And within uh, a week, later, a week after they told my parents that they thought I was delusional, because I kept saying I was going to walk, I was going to walk, I was going to walk. And they go, you need to get your son to like, face reality, or he's going to be a mess when he faces reality, you know, and I said, No, my reality is I'm going to walk again. And uh, I took my first step a week later. And Then three years ago, I was diagnosed with a really rare aggressive form of, of cancer, uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and it's, it kills you very fast. Um, I was on death's doorway. My heart was failing. My lungs were failing. My kidney was failing in a matter of weeks. So I went from totally healthy to almost you know on death's doorway in two weeks, and I was given a 10 to 30% chance of beating the cancer, of surviving it and, uh, you know, 10 to 30%, uh, you know, horrible odds. And I applied kind of the same mindset that I applied to the car accident. This, I call it the miracle equation. Um, and within a month I was in remission and the doctors couldn't you know believe it. They kept me on chemo, which sucked. And, um, I was, I've been on chemo for a little over three years and still suffering the side effects and, um, yeah, I think that's. I don't know what's worse, the cancer or the chemo, but uh, but anyway, so that was the you know the the other kind of life and death experience that I had more recently. And now that I have kids, of course, it was even you know scarier, potentially leaving them without a father and my my wife without a husband. And uh, I'm grateful to say that I did walk again after the car accident. That I did beat cancer when the the odds weren't very good. And I'm and, uh, grateful to be here today.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is, that's a lot for sure. Um, and it's no wonder that your, your books, you know, talk about miracles so much. You're no stranger to miracles yourself. You've overcome some really major major uh, what other people might consider setbacks, but it sounds like uh, they ended up being sort of springboards for you and took you even further. Um, I would love to talk a little bit about your first book, which was uh international bestseller reached over a million people worldwide. Um, and that is the miracle morning. Yeah. So can you tell us about where in your story you wrote The Miracle Morning, what was going on for you at that time, and what inspired the book?
1: Yeah, thank you for, I like the way you phrased the question. Um, so interestingly enough, the, you could say those two things I shared, those are like two rock bottoms in my life where I hit a point of like, oh my gosh, can I make it through this? The third rock bottom happened in between those. And it was in 2008 when the U.S. economy crashed. And like millions of Americans, right, I was suffering the financial consequences. I was a, a, I was a sales coach at that time. I had left my sales career and then gone on to start coaching my colleagues and, you know, fellow salespeople. And when the economy crashed, they couldn't their sales crashed and they couldn't pay me. So my business crashed and I lost over half of my income, my clients. Um, I, I couldn't pay for my mortgage. My house was taken back by the bank. Uh, my body fat percentage tripled over a six-month period. It was really, in some ways, it was more difficult than the car accident. Um, cancer, uh, yeah, I don't know, but it was, it, was this just, it was this downward spiral where it was like I was hopeless. Like with the car accident, I, I was getting better every day. I was healing every day. In 2008, I was losing money every day. I was losing clients. I was accumulating debt, right? It was like, so, so psychologically, it was almost, in some ways, more difficult and more depressing. And uh, to keep a long story uh, not as long, I, a series of events led me to go on a run. And on that run, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn. He said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person that you become. And in that moment, I paused, I played it again, and I realized I'm not dedicating time every day to my personal development. Therefore, I'm not becoming the person that I need to be to create the success I want in my life. And I ran home with this like inspiration. Okay, I'm going to figure out what are the world's most successful people do for their personal development every day. And I'm going to do that. And I was Googling and I came up with six practices, uh, meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling. None of those are new. And I almost dismissed them first because none of them were new. I'm like, where's the new? Th- like, there's got to be something I don't know about, right? Like, these are all elementary, right? Like, this is like day one personal development. And, uh, and so I'm going, okay, well, let me, let me keep diving in. What, what, what if, which of these is the most effective? Like, I'm in debt. I want to change my life quickly. Which of these would have the biggest impact? And I couldn't decipher. It just depended on who you ask. Not one was better than another. I read an article called Fortune 500 CEOs that swear by meditation. And they were talking about how meditation is what allows them to perform in their business at, at a peak. And I'm like, well, I guess I got to meditate. And then I saw a video of Will Smith on the Ellen DeGeneres show saying how he utilized very specific targeted written affirmations that basically outlined the blueprint for who he needed to be to create the life that he wanted. And he goes, I just read those every day and I lived in alignment with those affirmations. That was different than I had heard affirmations taught, just pumping yourself up. I'm amazing. I'm whatever. Whatever. I go. I got to do affirmations, and so I'm looking at the six practices, and I almost threw in the towel because I'm like, I don't know which is the best one. And then the epiphany, Dan, was when I went, Wait a minute, what if I did all of these? What if I woke up tomorrow morning an hour earlier, even though I was not a morning person? That was the hardest part for me. Mm -hmm. What if I woke up an hour hour earlier tomorrow and I did these six practices? That would be the ultimate morning ritual. And I woke up the next morning. And I did 10 minutes of silence, right? Meditation and prayer, 10 minutes of affirmations, 10 minutes of visualization, 10 minutes of exercise, 10 minutes of reading and 10 minutes of what I now call scribing, which is a fancy word for writing. By the way, if you look at those six practices, that's an acronym, S-A-V-E-R-S, right? Silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And um, I sucked at all of them. Like I, I didn't know to meditate. I was, my mind's racing. I'm going, I, I'm doing this wrong. Affirmations felt phony to me, right? Um, but even after a very terrible morning ritual where I didn't do it well, I felt so much better. My bank account was still negative. I was still drowning in debt. My credit score had plummeted, right? You know, my business was still, my income was still down. But I thought if I focus, this, if I do this every day and I focus my energy on, uh, increasing my income. And I, I do meditation around gaining the clarity and the confidence to increase my income. And I do affirmations around increasing my income. Right At that point, I just wanted to feel good. And I wanted to get my get my financial security back. And within two months of doing the morning ritual didn't have a name wasn't a book idea. Um, within two months, I more than doubled my income it had dropped down to under $4,000. And I within two months, it was over 12, almost $12,000. So it's almost triple on um, my body fat percentage that had tripled. I started training for my first ever ultra marathon to run 52 miles in one day because I wanted to really challenge myself. And my depression went away within a matter of days because this practice had me so energized, so inspired, so focused. And I went to my wife and I said, sweetheart, we just signed another client. We officially have the highest income we've ever had. And she goes, that's a Two months ago you were like depressed and in debt you know and i go it's this morning ritual it's crazy it feels like a miracle and she goes it's your miracle morning and i go <laughs> i love that and i started writing at my schedule miracle morning and then to close out the the not too long story um i started i saw coaching clients i started teaching my coaching clients almost everyone resisted going i'm not a morning person i said let me give you one tip move your alarm clock across the room and before you go to bed tell yourself i'm committed To wake up tomorrow at that time, brush my teeth, wash my face, get dressed, and leave the bedroom without going back to bed. Tell yourself that ten times before bed. Just affirm that you're committed to get up and keep going. And so, having the alarm clock across the room was the game changer for me. It was like, oh, I because I had to get out of bed, and I was way more awake. Yeah, it's it's, if you keep your alarm on your bedside table, which most people use their phone on the bedside table, dude, you're turning it off without you're, you're still half asleep. So that was the game changer. And so I started teaching to my clients. And almost every one of them went from, I'm not a morning person to, oh my gosh, how? I'm having the biggest week in my sales career. I just read an entire self-help book. I'm running again. I'm like, I am a morning person. And this more miracle morning thing is, it's changing my life. And, and then, you know, you fast forward, that was 12 years ago my income doubled in a declining economy, right? Which is why right now with what's going on with COVID-19 and the economy and all these things, like I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down on my, you know, my miracle morning practice and utilizing it now like I did in 2008. And now you mentioned, you know, I wrote a book about it and we now have, we've sold over 2 million copies. It's translated in 37 languages and it's practiced daily by over a million people in over hundred countries. And I share that not, you know, there's no bragging. It's just, it's, it's the amount of, it's how universally effective this practice is for everyone, regardless of your age or your, you know, where you live or whatever, it really is universally applicable because the one thing we share in common is we wake up every morning and how we start our day sets the tone and the context and the direction for the day that we create, which ultimately is the life that we create.
0: Nice. I love that. Yeah, I know for me, one of my biggest challenges in the morning is to stay out of my email inbox, out of my text messages, off of Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Because if we start our day like that, you know, you never know what you're going to find in there, what is going to set off in your mind, you know, get those like stress chemicals going. Um, So this morning routine of silence and meditation, bringing down those stress chemicals, starting from a clean slate, is such a game changer by itself but adding in all these other practices um i can see how that can really change the trajectory of your life um i liked also that you mentioned that you know it sounds like you don't have to do it perfectly you just have to do it uh could you talk to us about that a little bit about if you feel like you know it sounds like a lot of things to do meditation by itself can be daunting for people what would you say to people who kind of get hung up around doing it perfectly.
1: Yeah, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, perfection, right, is often what holds us back from progress. And so the idea that doing something is better than nothing. And, uh, you know, for, for me, I just, I, I, I set the timer for 10 minutes and then it go, you know, and then, so it just keeps me on and I go through my head S A V E R S silence. Okay, great. Sit there for 10 minutes. Sometimes I'll do a guided meditation on an app like calm or headspace, right? Sometimes it'll be my own meditation, just sitting there in silence. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll pray or I'll combine the two, right? So it really is the beauty of it is it's a framework. But there's, it's not, it's not, it's, you're not indoctrinated to do anything any specific way, right? So you use that period of silence for whatever serves you. It could be breath work, right? But like you said, you're starting the day by lowering your cortisol levels, clearing your mind, setting a foundation to receive the benefits of the rest of the practices. Same thing with affirmations. You can do affirmations, even doing them wrong, saying, I'm happy, I'm amazing. Like, I don't think that's the best way to do affirmations, but if you say I'm happy over and over and over again, you will eventually start to actually trick yourself into thinking you're, you're happy, not even realizing it. Personally, I like to use affirmations, though, that are more results-oriented. So, like, for me, my, my three steps for an affirmation, number one, I'll affirm what am I committed to? I'm, so, instead of saying, I'm happy if you're not happy, or I'm wealthy if you're, if you're struggling financially say, I'm committed to becoming blank. I'm committed to achieving blank. I'm committed to experiencing blank or growing in this way. Um, The second piece is why is that deeply meaningful to you? So I'm committed to achieving this result because like I'm committed to achieving financial freedom this year or or, or increasing my business because I deserve that peace of mind or, or me and my wife and my kids, they're counting on me and we deserve financial security, right? So the first piece is what are you committed to? Number two, why is it deeply meaningful to you? And number three, what are the specific actions and when will you take them that will ensure you get where you want to go? And so instead of using a cheesy, goofy affirmation, right, that's a really simple formula for creating an affirmation that's programming your subconscious with the commitment level that you need and programming your conscious mind with the clarity of the actions you're going to take and reinforcing both with that deeply meaningful, why in the middle to give you that drive and motivation, you know, to, to move forward and do what you need to do when you need to do it. Um, yeah. So I know there's was a little bit of a tangent, but, but the, I guess the point being that, um, you, the last thing I want to say on that the savers is you can do them in any order. You can do them in any duration. You can even break them up. I've heard some people do, they do a few in the morning and a few at night before bed, right? That, you know, and you can also do them 10 minutes each, five minutes each. I have a chapter in the Miracle Morning book called the six minute miracle morning, which is like, okay, if you're pressed for time in the morning and you really, you've got kids and a commute and you really don't have time to sit there for 30 minutes or an hour, um, start with six minutes. And I break it down. Do each of the savers one minute of silence, right? Get centered, get present, get calm, pull your affirmations out and just read a few over the course of a minute. Visualize yourself having a great day for that minute, exercise for a minute, jumping jacks, get your heart rate going, pull out a book, read a page or two, gain one idea that'll change your life, pull out your journal, write down a few things you're grateful for, right? Six minutes of it's literally six minutes, and the effect is really profound.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I've heard it said that you know just starting out with just doing the action is a great place to start. Like if you want to learn how to floss your teeth, right? But you're too you don't want to do it, you're resistant to it. They say to start with just flossing one tooth, and then the next night, you know, try and do two. Um, And over time, you're already there, so you're going to floss your whole mouth, right? Um, So in the same sense, I feel like consistency is really key here, more than, you know, doing an hours-long morning routine, right? You could do it in six minutes. You could do it in probably less time than that. Um, But I'm wondering, I probably, I think I already know the answer, but how important is this routine this morning routine to you now would you ever skip a day
1: um no so a couple things i want to answer something that you said a second ago um oh which is in terms of the savers a a lot of folks like when i give a speech at the end of the speech i give this miracle morning 30 day challenge and for anybody listening you can you know here's the 30 day challenge i say choose one of the savers not all six choose one of the savers and wake up 30 minutes earlier and do that one and you can customize it. You can go, what if I want to do two? Okay, great. What if I want to do it for 10 minutes or an hour, whatever, right? But kind of the bare bones, just simple minimum is wake up 30 minutes earlier and do one of the savers. And what most people do when they start the miracle morning is the R is for reading. So they, you know, they've got the book and they go, okay, well, I don't know all, I don't, you know, I haven't learned about all the savers yet. I don't know how to meditate yet, but I'm just going to wake up 30 minutes earlier and I'm going to R, right? I'm going to read. And then they read the miracle morning. Then they get to the chapter on silence and they're like, Oh, okay, here's some really simple meditation techniques. Cool. I'll try that. Then they get to, and they add that in, then they get the affirmations, then they add that. Right. So it's like you can kind of build up to it as you're reading the book. Um, and then what was your other question that I, that came out? Do you ever skip your morning routine? Oh, I, uh, the answer is, I mean, if I have a date night with my wife and I'm up super late, uh, yeah, it's it doesn't have to be every day, but I'd say I've averaged six days a week for the last 12 years. Um, I rarely miss it. It because, and, and it used to, if you go, you, you look in the miracle morning community, uh, Facebook group I mean you hear that question a lot like hey do you guys do it on the weekends too because there's people that have been doing it for you know five six seven eight nine ten years in there yeah. and and new people will come in and go do you do it on the weekends too how many days, you know and people it's always it's always the same there'll be like hundreds of comments and they go I started out five days a week and then on Saturday I slept in and I woke up feeling all groggy and unmotivated and I'm like wait a minute Monday through Friday I felt like on fire mm-hmm. and and what's the real benefit of me sleeping for the extra hour? And then they'll go, I'm going to try it on Saturday. They wake up Saturday morning, do the miracle morning. They go, wow, I have the whole day ahead of me. And I already feel like I've gotten more done by 8 a.m. than most people do, you know, uh, in the week, right? And so, um, so yeah, uh, I will miss it when I need to miss it but, um, it's very rare. Even on vacation, I've done it on vacation where I didn't do it. And then I did on vacation where I did it. And I'm like, I feel better when I do it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, how you start your day sets the tone, the context and the direction for the rest of the day. And if you have a lethargic, you know, unproductive, unfocused morning, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like there are occasions when I'll sleep in and just be lazy or whatever. Usually I'm sick, but, um, but anyway, but yeah, so the idea is I rarely miss it um, because I get so much benefit from it and it kind of becomes addicting in that way.
0: Nice. That makes sense. And, uh, I like that there's a little bit of flexibility there, but it sounds like the results that you get from doing the miracle morning actually are the reason that you want to keep doing it. So it's, it's kind of addictive, uh, in a positive way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, absolutely. It's it's not like working out for somebody that like, you know, people get addicted to working out. Right. And they're like, dude, I feel so good after I do it. Right. You know, and it's been, it's been said that I, I wrote this in the book, you know, there, it's been said, nobody likes, uh, exercising, but everyone loves the feeling of having exercised. Mm. Right. And I, I, and I, I joke in the book, I'm like, look, nobody likes having to wake up early, but everybody loves the feeling of having woken up early and had a really productive morning, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about, uh, your other book, the miracle equation. That's your new book. And it kind of picks up where the miracle morning, uh, stops. Yeah. Can you tell us about uh, The Miracle Equation and how it adds on to what you did with The Miracle Morning?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, you know, it's, it's, there's irony in it in that The Miracle Equation came out, uh, what, eight years after The Miracle Morning, but I came up with the concept of The Miracle Equation and started living it 12 years before The Miracle Morning came out. So even though the books came out in reverse order, the practices were part of my life in, 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 in the opposite order, right? So Miracle Equation, in fact, also ironically, that's what actually enabled me to reach millions of people with the Miracle Morning. Mm-hmm. So the Miracle Morning is a practice for daily personal development. And the Miracle Equation is a process for daily goal achievement. Right? So meaning that the foundation of success, I really believe is personal development. It's you developing yourself every day, you putting yourself in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state every day so that you can perform at your best. However, a lot of people get addicted to personal development, but they, they still stay in their comfort zone and they use that as an excuse. To feel like they're making progress when they're actually not making measurable out outside progress, right? So it's like I read a lot of books on financing, but I'm still really scared to start my business, right? I read a lot of health books, but I still eat like crap, right? I read, you know, I'm reading a book on running a marathon, but I'm scared to, you know, go for a jog. They're not taking action. Exactly, and so it's it's like okay, the miracle equation, and and by the way, when you work on yourself you're way more likely to get out of your comfort zone and take action, right? The more you meditate and read and journal and visualize, right? Like you are getting, you're, you're, you're generating energy toward your vision for your life, but it's still possible to stay safe. So the miracle equation is, okay, what do the world's most successful people do? Not for their personal development. Like, okay, we got that part. What do they do to achieve their biggest goals and dreams? What do the world's most successful, fulfilled people do on a daily basis, right? Outside of their personal development, like when they get out there in the real world. And, and the miracle equation, there's, it's two decisions. In fact, let me look at it. The subtitle of the book, the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable. And if you study the world's most successful people, these are the two decisions that they make on a daily basis. One's more of an inner internal decision to optimize your inner world, and the other is more of an external decision to optimize your productivity, right? Your outer world. So the first decision in the miracle equation is to establish unwavering faith. Unwavering faith that you really through your commitment are are going to achieve your goal no matter what. There is no other option. So that's the first piece. And we'll we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, The second decision is to maintain extraordinary effort, right? So that's the outer world piece. Once you've established unwavering faith that you can reach your goal and you reestablish that faith every single day through a written statement called an affirmation, I call it the miracle mantra. um, That is how you maintain your, your inner game right? To believe and to maintain faith that you can achieve that goal. Because here's the problem. Why do we not achieve goals? It's because either we don't establish the faith that we can from the beginning, so we don't even try. Or if we try, as soon as we hit obstacles, or we try for a long enough time, and it's just not happening, and it's looking like it's never going to happen, the faith goes out the window. And as soon as the faith goes out the window, that second decision effort follows right behind it because we feel like, well, why would I have any kind of drive or commitment or dedication to achieving this result that I no longer have any faith can actually happen? Yeah. So, but if you say to the world's most successful people, they have to establish the faith they can do something they've never done before. Like electric cars didn't exist until Elon was like, I'm doing it. There's no other option, right? Flying to Mars. I, you know I mean? Not, not that Elon's like the guy, but um, I'm just using him as an example. Or if you take like a world-class athlete, If you take a world class, like a Michael Jordan, there's that popular documentary on Netflix right now called The Last Dance. Have you seen that? I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. I watched the Bulls back, you know, when they won other championships. And you think about like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant or a LeBron James or anybody or any any sport, right? They have faith. Why do they want the ball every time? Even if they've missed the last seven shots in a row, they want the ball because they decided, they made the decision that they would maintain unwavering faith that they can make every shot that they took. didn't matter if they missed the last five, they're going to make the sixth. But if they miss that one, they're going to make the seventh. Well, the average person's going, oh my God, I just missed another one. There's no, I don't even want the ball. It's an off night but the best players in the world, it's a decision that is unwavering, unwavering faith that I will make every shot that I take, that I can achieve every goal that I set. And the second piece, extraordinary effort, it's a little deceiving because it sounds like it means working a lot. Mm. It's not, what makes it extraordinary, the effort is extraordinary when it's consistent, not when it's a lot. You don't have to work 60 hours a week, right, for, for effort to be extraordinary. You need to do one thing every day, that moves you in the direction of your predetermined, what I would call your mission, like your their most important goal or dream in your life. And if you maintain unwavering faith that you can reach that goal, that you can achieve that mission, and you put forth extraordinary effort every single day, you do at least one thing that moves you closer to the mission. Your success moves from possible to probable to inevitable because it's only a matter of time before combining those two decisions over and over and over and over and over, and over again you're eventually going to achieve the result. And I'll give one quick example. When I wrote The Miracle Morning, my mission was to change 1 million lives one morning at a time. And uh, just because, you know, it was a big number, I wanted to make an impact in the world. And I decided I would, what'd, what'd you say? Sounds like a good goal. Sounds like a good goal, right? And, um, and I decided that, uh, you know, I set an arbitrary timeline, which is a year. I'm like, I don't know. I've I've never, you know, I'm I'm not like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll, why not? And, and I went out that year and I worked my butt off. I did, I I did 52 of my own podcasts. I was on 150 other people's podcasts. I was on 12 television shows across the country and, um, I sold 17,000 copies. Now, if you do the math, I believe that's 99.83% short of my goal, Right. 99.3%. 99.3%. But here's the thing, the miracle equation, the one thing that you have to factor in is you, you don't know how long it's going to take to achieve your mission, your biggest goal or dream. So for me, I was I discouraged? Yeah, a little. I was like, Oh, man, I'm so far off. I'm going to be like, I think the math on that is I'd be like, you know, 100 and or thousand years old. I don't even know before I achieved the goal at that pace. So I tried year two and year two, I sold like 23,000 copies, I think. So I was at like 36,000 copies, give or take after two years, I'm still 99.7% short of the goal, but I continued to apply the miracle equation, unwavering faith and extraordinary effort every day, every week, every month, year after year after year, and it took 6 years and we finally reached over a million people a million copies sold and then now just a couple of years later it's at 2 million copies and here's the lesson that i want to leave everybody with you have big goals and dreams if you're i would i have no doubt about that when you finally achieve them when you finally get to the place that you've been working so hard for for so long when you apply that miracle equation those two decisions over and over and over and over again and it doesn't happen in year one doesn't happen in year two right who knows when it's gonna happen but when you finally get there like when i finally reached a million people you almost never wish it would have happened any sooner instead when you get there you go oh you look back over your journey and you go oh it happened exactly as it was supposed to. I, it had to take exactly that long. I had to go through all of those obstacles, those setbacks, that self-doubt, that fear. That was all part of the process for, for you to become the person that you needed to be that was qualified and capable of creating the, the miracle, if you will, that you set out to create. But your success, when you live by this miracle equation, it becomes inevitable. And when you combine that with the miracle morning, you start every day by putting yourself in that peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state. You reinforce the unwavering faith during the morning. You get clarity on what your extraordinary effort is for that day, right? And of course, the book breaks this down in you know, a lot of detail, but I'm just talking at a high level. And, and then you go out there and you perform at your best. And some days are awesome and some days suck. And then you just do it again over and over and over. And you keep getting better and better and better. And your results keep getting exponentially better and better and better. And you start to see the light in the tunnel. And eventually you get there and you realize, wow, the timing was perfect.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Um, and I love that the momentum just builds and builds and builds. That's, that's really cool. Um, I have one more question for you. Since Got this it. is the Mentally Fit Podcast, we would like to know, what does it mean to you to be mentally fit?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, to, be, to, to be mentally fit to me is to be able to handle every adversity that comes your way with grace with, P, with acceptance, right? You, it comes like when I got cancer the day I was diagnosed with cancer, I thought, well, I can't change that I have cancer. So I made a decision. I'll be the happiest and the most grateful that I've ever been while I undergo the most difficult time in my life. And to me, I really think that you can call it happiness or joy or bliss or ecstasy or heaven on earth. I think that that's what the human being, that's what we're after, right? We, we want and deserve to feel good. It's what's best for our health right? Science has proven it boosts our immune system. And, and that to me is all the, you know, all the proof I need that like, that's, that's the state that we're meant to be in. And so to be mentally fit and be able to achieve that inner peace, that inner harmony, that inner bliss, that heaven on earth, it's, it, it begins with being able to accept all the things that you can't change and be at peace with those things, just surrender, allow life to flow and, and, and be like water, just kind of flow with it and, and choose that inner joy, that inner peace uh, at all times. And of course, when you feel pain, don't ignore it. Learn from it, accept it, harness it, but then move past it and get back to that state of being that, you know, that I think is our birthright.
0: Awesome. Hal, thank you so much for your time today. Where can we send people who want to connect with you on social media, learn about your trainings, and find your books?
1: Go to miraclemorning.com. That's the best spot. Yeah. Miracle, and miracle.com. on there you'll see a page on the homepage you'll see but you can uh, get get a free uh, a sneak peek of the book, a video and audio, all that's free on the homepage. There's a place to join the community which we're over a quarter of a million people in the Facebook group right now. It's crazy. So yeah, so um that's the best hub for everything.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Hal Elrod he is just an incredibly inspiring guy um, and i'm just so impressed and blown away by all the things he's been through in life and all of the practices he has installed that are helping him not only overcome those challenges but almost treat them like a speed bump that barely stopped his momentum from going forward so i hope you enjoyed that i hope you got a lot out of it and if there's anything that i could stress from today that i could really drive home It's to apply these practices in your life. Take what you learned today and try one thing. Try waking up earlier tomorrow. Try reading tomorrow. Pick one thing from the episode today and apply it in your life. And then head over to the Mentally Fit community and let me know how it went. Let me know what you learned. Let me know what challenges you have. Um, I would love to talk to you about all of that and more in the Mentally Fit community. So join us at joinmentallyfit.com and yeah we would love to talk to you we got everyday people just like you there we have therapists and mental health professionals and we're just talking about how to improve your life so join us i'll see you there and i'll catch you next time great talking to you